button here, which I think means we'll be starting to record. That's exciting. Um, yeah, hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Rail Natter this evening. Except that it isn't the evening. It's ten a.m. and it's a month before this is going to go out. But but you don't, you, guys, you you all don't need to know that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm pleased to say with us today we have Richard Long. Richard, hello, hello. Um, that's an ec that's an excellent bit of um, of of shelf background there. People people always like to judge people on their kind of Skype background. Yeah. But I can see a lot of goodies in there. Not least a TARDIS and the ride rail mug. There's yeah. some, yeah, solid, solid stuff. Excellent. Um, yeah, uh, how's lockdown treating you? Mixed bag? Yeah, mix, mixed bag, yeah. I mean, I, I, as a full-time parent, I'm quite used to being at home on my own, mm. so I had to put up with several months of everyone being here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, this morning, sorry, this evening, it's it's morning. It's confusing. I'm reading. I'm drinking from an old. I used to drink every rail now. I used to have this, and I, I, I stopped. And I started drinking kombucha and beer, but now I'm going to have a cup of tea again. So today we are talking about. Um, let's go small spaces. We're talking about. Well, this is the, the name that I've given this episode, and I hope I hope you don't mind. I've called it the Island of Tube Trains because um, it is quite. It, the Isle of Wight is an interesting one, isn't it? It's it's. So I don't know a huge amount about the Isle of Wight. I've never been to the Isle of Wight. The most I know about the Isle of Wight is that it's got lots of former radar stations on it. Um, that's that's yeah. about the extent of my knowledge, to be honest. And also that it's a good place to show what gauge clearance analysis looks like. Those are my two <laughs> my two kind of bits of knowledge about the Isle of Wight. So I'm looking forward to learning a bit more. Um, so yeah, and, and um, yeah, we're going to cover a few bits and pieces. So I think we might as well get started, I think. Um, welcome to this evening's... Rail matter. There it is, the lovely in city two two five fading, fading away. Oh, people often ask why why on earth I've got that particular mixture of trains in the intro video to this, and it's because um, it's because these are the things that bounce around in my head. Those the Intercity 225 in that livery was like the train I, or rather, actually it was a HST in that livery. It was like the big, exciting train to the rest of the world that I grew up with. I grew up in Inverurie, <clears throat> north of Aberdeen. So when I go into Aberdeen, every now and then there'd be an Intercity liveried HST, um, and then all the sort of mixed feely sort of stagecoachy intercity uh, uh, Scotrail 158s hanging around. That's pretty much my childhood. Whereas a lot of people have a slightly more kind of nostalgic childhood of steam trains or or indeed you know like like diesel bubble cars and things. But no no for me it's the HST looking a bit grubby and uh, a load of 158s. <laughs> it's not quite as anyway. So um yeah Richard thanks for joining us. So we're going to talk about uh, well firstly tell what what. So why why are you particularly interested in the history of, of trains on the Isle of Wight? What got you into the subject? Is it because well, of where you live by any chance? I, I I never lived on the Isle of Wight, but I, I come from near the Isle of Wight. I come from near Portsmouth, but my grandparents lived on the Isle of Wight. Oh, okay. So uh, I spent all my childhood holidays on the island. Um, and inevitably, as I became a railway enthusiast, I, I loved the Isle of Wight anyway. And as I became a railway enthusiast, uh, I realised the island's trains were particularly fascinating mm. yeah yeah so if i was to yes yeah, so as i said i don't know much about the olive oil at all so i'm looking forward to learning plenty from uh, from this one so if i was if i bring our little small faces up 
you've sent me so you've sent me a lot of pictures which which are going to annotate the story that you're going to tell us um mm -hmm. this image is beautiful for starters yes, it's it um is. it's lovely isn't it so we've got is this ride pier that is right here, yeah. Uh, this, obviously, this was a drone shot. This mm. this was taken by a company called Aerial View. It's the photo off the back of my book. Um, uh, so if you're looking at that picture, the pier head would be on the right of the picture and the esplanade would be on the left. Um, you can see there that ride pier is actually three separate piers. Mm. There's the promenade pier furthest away from us, uh, which is used by uh, pedestrians and cars. Uh, then there's derelict tramway pier in the middle that was last used in eighteen in, in nineteen sixty nine. So promenade pier was the one built first, then the tramway pier, and then finally you've got the railway pier nearest to us. Ah, okay. And uh, nearest to us of all is is the second track on the railway pier, which is uh, no longer used. Ah, so they're just out and back on that one, do they? I see. It's um. I mean, it's such a remarkable image, and there's so much history just in this little image, not mm. least also with the lovely turquoise sea. But um, yeah, how, how long is the pier? I should know that. I, 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 I can't remember. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I should wait. have checked. By the magic of length of yes. ride. It's quite a long one. <laughs> 681 metres. That's, uh, that's hefty. And it, yes. it also looks hilarious on the map because it's it, it really is quite a substantial sticky outy. I mean, it, it's sort of the sort of thing that if you zoom out and have the whole of the Isle of Wight in the in the picture, uh, which which by the magic of by the magic of uh, this I can do one of those. There we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. And there we go. You can see. I mean, the pier is uh, it's huge. Yeah. It's quite the, something. I think the tide goes out a very long way at ride, and obviously uh, the pier is how the boats get. How the passengers off the boat get to the uh, get to the island, mm. so uh, hence hence they need such a long pier, and hence there's so much transport infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, and there, there there it is whizzing along out to the to the little terminal station. It's fantastic. It's, it's it's an interesting. It's just, I mean, as an infrastructure, as a kind of an eccentric infrastructure interested mm. person, it's, it really is um, a very interesting little uh, little feature. That. So anyway, back to the picture. So so yeah. So and I'm noticing on that this train here. Doesn't look mm -hmm. like a. It, it looks somewhat out of place. I mean, for a variety of reasons. One of them, it looks very short. Yeah. Uh, for the sort of length of formation I'm used to with this sort of stock. And secondly, it appears to not be attached to the London Underground system, which again you'd very, expect very well spotted, yes. stock to be. Yeah. So tell us about what 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 is this train doing? Why is it here? Uh, well, or or shall we wait until the appropriate moment? I, may, uh, yeah, maybe wait. Um, I, I put this one first, just as a. A, a snapshot of what the Islands Railways look like now, because obviously it's not what they always look like, mm. and it's not what they will look like next year. Ah, okay. Oh, well, indeed, you should. You, so we've got... it's interesting you mentioned the length of the train, because as, as recently as the 1980s, uh, they would have been running seven car trains in the summer. Really? Yeah, and up until the mid 80s, uh, the 38 stock, uh, oh. which arrived from 89 onwards, they only ever ran in two or four car formations. Ah. Uh, but these days, they they to be honest, haven't got haven't got enough working units to run. Four so cars they've been sets. degrading sufficiently that the, yeah, uh, which I'm sure we'll get. You, steer me if I start going on to things that you're going to cover astutely later on with the images. So no, that's, that's fine. Let me know if you want to move on as well. So, so this is yeah. so it's a fantastic picture. I, I almost don't want to move away from it because it's such a nice, yes, it's such a yes. fantastic image. I just love it. But we shall, we shall do precisely that, which is okay. Uh, whiz on to the next one, which is a, a yeah. fantastic railway clearinghouse map of the Isle of Wight.
Indeed. Good grief, there's a lot yes. of railway on here. There were, that's, that's the island at its peak mileage. That mm. was uh, 55 miles, uh, which is how it was between 1900 and 1952. Um, as is often the case, the last line to open was the first line to close. Mm. Um, yeah. And that, and that, the colours on that map, if you can see them on the screen, shows the ownership of the lines uh, immediately prior to grouping. So on, on the uh, west of the island, you've got the freshwater Yarmouth Newport Railway, which was such a small company, it only had two locomotives. <laughs> and then all the, all the red lines in the middle are the Isle of Wight Central Railway. And then on the uh, east of the map, you've got the... Isle of Wight Railway, which is the ride to Shanklin and Ventnor line mainly. And you'll note that in ride itself, ride St John's to the pierhead is a different colour. That that was actually built and owned by the mainland companies, the LSWR ah, and the LBSCR, okay. but it was operated by the island companies. Yeah, I see. But, so that fed into St John's Road Junction Station. That's right, because essentially... Um, the original ride to Ventnor Line only went as far north as St John's, which was a bit of a problem for people getting arriving at the pierhead on a boat. And the boats, the boats were jointly owned by the mainland companies as well, so they were obviously delivering passengers to the island. Uh, they arrived at the pierhead, and uh, one stage the the pier tramway was extended all the way to St John's. Where there was an end on junction but there was no through running so people still had to change at st john's yeah uh, the island companies couldn't afford to extend through ride so uh, eventually the um, mainland companies paid for it instead yeah um, built the famous tunnel and and the railway pier yeah 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 so i mean the, th the thing that strikes me immediately looking at this is that it feels like a real uh, island of sodor Yes, yeah, it, I was going to say that. Yes. It, it really, it's like all these little railways weaving around with their own little companies and mm. going to these kind of quite impressively named uh, kind of uh, settlements on the Isle of Wight. The Isle of Wight isn't, I mean, it's a big lump, but it's, it's still quite a small island. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's 23 miles across. Yeah, so why did, how did it justify this number of railways? Was there a particular interest um, in it? Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it did really from a... <laughs> most, okay, okay. Most, of them, most of them never made any money, uh, hmm. but it's I, I, that's just the late nineteenth-century railway expansion. I think people kept proposing new railways, and sooner or later, someone built them. Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing our faces back. I've had our faces switched off so we can see the top <laughs> corner, so people can see where the the connection to the mainland is. But I'll bring us back. Yeah. So this, I mean, it is a fantastic little map. I, I, I mean, the yeah is. Newport. I mean, how big is Newport as a settlement? Is it? It's, um, it's, 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 rough, not, it's not. A, I mean, they're not huge places, but equally, no, you know, no, it's not. compared to Ventnor, is it? Yeah, New, Newport is the county town, but I, th I think Ryde is the biggest town on the island, as far as I'm aware. Hmm. And obviously, the big, the big tourist resorts are sort of down the uh, down the east coast, and down in Shanklin. Yeah, yeah. So the so of the railways that we see here. Hmm. Only one is retained as a mainline railway, but they haven't all disappeared entirely, have they? No, no. So part, part of the line between Ryde and uh, Newport is now the steam railway. Uh, that, runs, that runs as far as uh, Wooden. Ah, OK, yeah, yeah. So does that come into St John's Road Junction, or is it sort of no, isolated? No, they, they, they would like to one day, but that's, that's not happening at the moment. Yeah. There's, there's a junction at Smallbrook Junction, there's a station there. Ah, okay, yeah. 
originally there wasn't um, pre 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 heritage days. There was no there was no station at Smallbrook Junction, but uh, they, they they don't have through running powers. So Network South East built a station at Smallbrook Junction. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, anyway, we get so we yeah. So this so this I, I, I suppose I've not really described. So it's a railway clearinghouse map, and yeah, yeah you've got four different railway company uh, colours on the various lines and, and kind of a fairly sprawling little network. You've got um, Isle of Wight Station and Town Station down at Ventnor. Um, yes, and the south two, of the two stations at Ventnor, yeah. yeah. Which, um, but the, line, the, line, the other line to Ventnor was the last to be built and the first to close. Really? Uh, so presumably it was a better quality bit of railway as well, despite and it closed, or is that perhaps not true? No, probably not. It was... It, it, it didn't go. It wasn't as convenient for the ah, Ventnor okay. itself, arguably. Um, mm. Although it was not not as high as, as the original Ventnor. The original Ventnor station's three hundred feet above sea level. <laughs> the the other one's a bit lower, but on the outskirts. Mm. And there's so there's a very weavy little railway that goes from Newport to Freshwater, which yeah. um, which is look, looks intriguing if nothing else. Goes past the castle and sort of whizzes along yeah. towards Yarmouth. Um, you know, Isle of Wight, Yarmouth, uh, and to the ferry. So there is a ferry, seemingly yes. at Yarmouth. There is a ferry yes. across to Lymington. There still is, yeah. Um, it's a bit of a walk. It would have been a bit of a walk at Yarmouth from the ferry to the station, though. Mm. Um, um, more more so than at Cowes, where there was also a bit of a walk. But at, at Ride, of course, you get off the ferry straight onto the train. Yeah, unbeatable. Hence the yeah, you can see that's clearly the main yeah. sort of the main connection. Um, yeah, even then, it looks like it is. The ferry from Yarmouth goes to Lymington on the mainland, and at Lymington, the, the branch line to the ferry is still there. You can get straight off the train and onto the oh, ferry. So okay. it's it's uh, interesting that which of the ferries still exist. So there's the obviously ride has yeah. got all the fast connections, but is there do, do, do the ferries exist into Cowes and uh, oh, Yarmouth? Yeah. Oh really? Okay. No, they all they all do. Yeah, and there's also um, now also from ride there's also the hovercraft that goes to South Sea, and also mm. from from Fishbourne near ride a uh, car ferry goes to Portsmouth. Ah okay. Uh, right, okay, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, a bit of the country I very much have not explored and need to. Mm. Um, maybe maybe the festival will be the excuse. In any case, uh, fantastic. Right, okay. Shall we shall we whiz to the next the yeah. next slide? Yeah. So. Oh, lovely. Here we go. We have yeah. a we're we're facing a little steam locomotive, uh, which is very cleanly burning actually, with a with a set of lovely um, two axle coaches by the look of it behind. Uh, they're bogey coaches. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Those are those are the bogey coaches. Oh, they are bogey yeah. so coaches. Oh, lovely. So I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I took this one. I'm very pleased with this one. Um, uh, it's uh, this is on the steam railway, obviously. Mm. Uh, and this, but this is literally what the trains would have been like in the decades immediately prior to electrification. Um, this, this, this is this is just approaching Ashy here. Mm. Uh, so it's coming from the right direction. It's obviously only come from as far as Smallbrook, but uh, and you can tell it's facing away from Ride because it's facing towards you. The, lo the logo is always facing ah, okay. towards Ride. No, no turntables. Yeah. <laughs> no run around, uh, or rather, uh, no. Uh, yeah, no way to spin it about. So no. I, yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's quite a sizable um, consist there. What's that? Four coaches, four 
five yeah. punches, maybe? I can't quite it looks tell. Like, it's, it looks like at least four, yeah. Yeah, they, they've, got, they've got a good stuffy coach. Now, heads out of windows in all of them, so it's, there's a decent yeah. chance there's a lot of people in the train. Yeah, it was it was a it was a big uh, weekend for them actually. This this is uh, this is their flagship loco. This is W24 Calborn, and this this is about ten years ago. But this is when she was launched back into service after an overhaul that lasted ten years or more. So uh, this was a big big weekend. Yeah. So is this steam locomotive? Uh, was it native to the line? Was it one that that did run at the time, or or was it contemporary yeah. to it? Yeah, I mean, inevitably for the Isle of Wight, it was second-hand originally. It's Alice WR. But yeah, the, the Southern brought this loco and locos of this type to the island from the 1920s onwards. And by um, by the 50s, there were only two classes of loco on the island. This was the main one. And by the 60s, this was the only class of loco on the island. And this is the only survivor. Oh, this really? Is a, this is a, a Adam's O2 class. This is ah, lovely. So um, this, this was also the first loco preserved by the White Locomotive Society, who went on to become the Steam Railway. So it's, it's a very ah, special loco. So it's a very special loco for them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Were, did any modifications have to be done to the locomotive when it arrived onto the island back in you know whenever the LSWR um, shipped it across? No, not not those ones. No, not, were they not stubby enough ones. that they could fit where they needed to? Yes, yeah. As, as you can see, it's a lot bigger than a tube train. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's lovely. It is lovely. So yeah, so we've got several coaches looking very nice. It's a nicely maintained bit of track as well. I must point. I might point mm. out. It's looking in good nick. There's some drainage there as well, which is positive. It's all yeah, very good. Good vegetation management. I mean, it's, it's good. <laughs> very good. Um, Oh, lovely. Shall we flick to the next image? Or is there anything else <clears throat> particularly? You, it's, it's a, it's a no, nice image no, now. Yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Yeah. So some absolutely smashing bit of early um, early British Rail corporate identity yeah. advertising. So it's still got the out, the dark boxes around the, uh, the the logos. So this is, so I'm assuming this is sort of, oh, in fact, it's got the date on it. I was going to say mid-60s. Yes. So this it's 67. Like yeah, yeah. Yes, so this, this is the uh, this is the launch of the uh, electrification with the uh, with what was the standard stock tube trains, which were built um, from the early twenties till the early thirties. Um, and this this was the point at which uh, just uh, the right to change the line was left. Um, uh. Beeching Report had originally proposed closing everything except the line up there. Um, there was a lot of uh, opposition to that. Um, mainly, mainly, I think it was felt that the tourist industry would suffer, and the island was very dependent on the tourist industry. Um, in the end, uh, nobody seemed too bothered about the Newport to Cowes line. Most of the tourists travelled down the Shankin line, and in the end, um, the campaign was very much to save the uh, right line all the way through to Ventnor. But in, in the end, it was just reprieved as far as Shanklin. So it's ah, so I didn't. So it doesn't run. To, so it no longer runs to to Ventnor. That's that. No, ah, okay. no. So it's uh, severed at Shanklin. See, this, this is how little I know. I'm learning, learning yeah. lots. Yeah, you'll okay. See, you'll see that leaflet says uh, bus connections. Bus to connections to Ventnor. Ventnor yeah. There's a logo for the local bus company at the bottom as well, Southern Vectors. So it was very much tourism that drove the retention of what you know, drove the yes. shape of the extant railway system uh, on the yeah. island. It, it was. It's one of those routes where probably quite quiet most of the year, but um, for a few weeks in the summer, especially on Saturdays, 
it was very very busy mm. and, and you know they, they it was felt that the roads wouldn't cope the buses wouldn't cope and and also also the car ferries in those days had a lot less capacity so even if people have wanted to bring their cars they they'd be queuing at each end for a long time they, they, yeah they yeah. just never get over yeah yeah i see so it and this is I mean this ad, it's a lovely kind of kind of a light blue this advert and it's got that vivid image that vivid image of a very sort of um, back when the tube trains had quite a, a sort of US look to them I think mm. there's still an influence of the, some of the original design cues from when true, the, the, true. the yeah. so but I but I can just about it in the faded blue see a. Um, a, a br logo on the side yes. of the <laughs> on the side yes. there so were these were these painted in br blue with the uh, yes they were, they were yes it, that, that that leaflet makes it look like it hasn't got a yellow end but it, it would have done yes mm. um that's just a quirk of the printing or something i think but yeah they, they were um allegedly they were the first complete new fleet to be delivered in in the new completely in the new colors Ah, that's inter- That's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, ah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so they were not, shipped not... across and, and landed, essentially, and landed on the island in their in their appropriate livery, and were yes. the first fleet to have been completely. Yeah, you know, completely. I suppose it is yeah. an easy. <laughs> it's a fairly easy fleet to um, to to paint, uh, given its size. But that's that's, that's very interesting. What's well, also quite interesting. Yeah, it was. Fleet. It was quite. A, it was quite a large fleet, though. There were uh, forty three vehicles. Oh really? Go oh, crikey! Oh, I stand yeah. forty three vehicles. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so this is when they were running in seven in seven car yes, formations. Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. Yeah. And in, in the in the late sixties, they were running, um, uh, I think, five trains an hour on, in in the peak summer <laughs> service, which which it's required... like metro capacity. That, I mean, that's providing yeah. like impressive capacity. Yeah. Exactly. They they required basically six seven car units to run that service, mm. and they that's forty two carriages. They only had one one spare car. Crikey! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's also interesting on this advert, on this little leaflet rather, is is that there's the um, is that you've got the Southern Vectis Omnibus Company Limited. Yeah. So I presume that's the bus company that's that is, running the that's connections. That's the bus company that was running running the connections to Roxham Vent. Yeah. Which... It's um, it's quite something. That's a lovely bit of uh, lovely bit of history. That. So okay, this next slide. I knew it was coming, mm-hmm. and I'm excited yes. by it for a variety <laughs> yeah. of reasons. Number one, we can see in color what we didn't see in color in the previous slide. So you can see the lovely mm-hmm. yellow end and the BR logo. Yeah. Um, you can also see that they've attached what appears to be a top hat to the um, to the yes. <laughs> to the top of this tube car, yeah. uh, and they're going through a tunnel. Yeah, that's obviously how you measure how uh, if a train will fit through a tunnel. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this is Ride Tunnel. This was 1983, mm. and um, the management at Ride uh, had their eyes on the uh, Class 503s, which from Mersey Rail, which were ah. about to be made redundant because the 508s were being transferred to Mersey Rail. Yeah, and uh, management at Ride thought, well, they might fit, um, so they uh, stuck a bit of wood on top of uh, one of their standard stock cars, run it through the tunnel. Yeah. Simple um, as that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm told it got all the way to Shanklin. Yeah, it is interesting. So it is interesting. I, I presume costs are why they decided not to, but um, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know the exact reason why they decided not to, but yeah, it, cost seems likely. Um, um, right, right, right. Were very confident that these would fit, although they they did recommend certain infrastructure. Uh, modifications, including uh, to the tunnel. Um, oh, okay. they, they recommended 
And the tunnel, although it's got twin entrances, most of the tunnel is a single bore. They recommended singling the track, running it through the centre of the single bore, and uh, at the entrances, uh, lowering the track. Uh, some people watching this will be aware that the track was raised in the winter of 66-67. That was an anti-flooding measure which hasn't necessarily been very successful. Um, so yeah, they, they, which obviously, I mean the tunnel was always thought to be a bit restrictive and um, mm. obviously once they'd raised the uh, track floor that uh, made it more restrictive. But so, these, these are the recommendations in that ride put forward in 1983 anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... BR, BR in the end decided that it would be cheaper, I think, to continue with the old standard stock for a few more years until some new stock came available. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's, 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 so firstly, I'm interested by the fact that this is a, they've put, got a twin entrance, but it becomes single bore. Mm. That's quite interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also that, you know, the, the, the fact that they electrified presumably a pretty decently cost effective, quick electrification. So is mm. it, is it fourth rail? Is it to, to match exactly? Or is it, have they? It's, it's third rail. It is third rail. Okay. So they, yeah. so there are some electromechanical modifications that have to happen. Yes, they to... did. I, I don't, I don't know why, why they went for that. I, I guess it's just the Southern reason just like to do everything third rail, but yeah, you, you have to wonder. It's a self-contained system. They could have just put a fourth rail down mm. and not converted the trains. But, um, but I suppose it's good because it does, it does offer a, uh, <laughs> it does offer an easy, uh, switch from you know mainline stock can can run on there and it's made kind of yes. made a few people's lives a bit easier. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that is is so. I, the only reason I'm, I'm currently looking at so I did a thread about gauge clearance on the Isle of Wight mm. because yeah. there was it was before the formal announcement of something which I'm not going to spoil yet for any viewers, but the formal announcement of a thing that your slides will cover very briefly mm. Mm. Uh, or in, in, in a very brief moment. But I did look at that. So looking at the, the, the gauge clearance, so, so it's probably worth saying, so gauge clearance is, uh, is checking that trains, that, or not just the trains, but the space that trains might fill it's not mm. just the static profile when it's sat stationary because it does all sorts of movement and you know mm. suspension bouncing construction tolerance yeah. when they build they, the train they, they certainly do on the Isle of Wight yeah, <laughs> yeah <I can> imagine. <laughs> yes well that's the round pebble ballast is not a good idea if you want a stable no. track form um but that's another story that's oh that's another thing I do know about the Isle of Wight is that the ballast for or certainly was for a long time was formed yes. of round pebble ballast that they could pick up I, from the beach I think a lot of it still is I I, I think they they stopped using that about 30 years ago, but I think a lot of it's still, still, still launching. Bearing yeah. in mind that ballast is supposed to form an interlocked matrix to support the mm. track. Uh, yeah. Have fun forming an interlocked matrix from nice smooth pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Um, yeah, gauge clearances. So you have to look at also. You have to look at. Um, you know, you're looking at the static profile of vehicle plus vehicle tolerances. So that's where that's things like building it. But also, uh, you know, how it's put together. You know, you don't put a train together perfectly. You know, panels maybe stick out a little bit. Um, things like wear on the wheels, flanges mean it can move around, um, and then you've got dynamic movements from some. So where it's going around a curve, maybe it's leaning or the suspension, you know, kind of bouncing around a bit as it goes around curves, uh, depending on how much lateral force you're balancing. And then of course you've got the curve overthrow. So if you've got a curve track, the train essentially gets wider because the the middle of the train and the ends of the train, either side of the bogey, stick out mm. more than just directly above the bogey. So all these yeah. things factor in and give what's known as a kinematic envelope. 
Or alternatively, you can just hammer a piece of plywood on top of your train, and that, that does the exactly, analysis just yeah. as well. Yeah, but <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you mentioned curves. The, the tunnel is uh, does, does have quite a sharp, sharp curve yeah. to it, which uh, um, is, is possibly a bigger restriction on it than the height. So, yeah, looking at this, I mean, it's hard to tell, but it looks like there are check rails on the so additional rails to help sort of stabilize the train uh, in this picture it looks it looks like a shiny head of of a it can't quite pick it up. it might just yeah. be a it might just be a pattern in the um in in the the head the, of the rail but on the do you want to flip flip forward to the next photo oh yeah i'll do that we might go to see if there's a... a check rail or not it's the same location uh, i think there is you know i think on yeah. the on the um the on the 6 foot side of the track so the one in the middle there looks to be a, a, a second rail essentially that you can mm. see in fact wait a minute i can do, by the magic of television i can do this and go here i think and you can sort of see here there's a there's a a kind of a dark looking rail head and then next to it, obviously you've got the shiny running rail so i think there is a yeah. check rail which indicates that it's very tight yeah so obviously yeah. you've got the, obviously you've got the dccr here the, the you know the third rail the traction yeah. rail here and you got the outside rail, and then you got this what what I would call a continuous check rail. Look, I, I'm I'm positive there is one here, continuous check rail here, and obviously down here you've got another uh, another uh, DCCR uh, third rail traction rail, there, yeah. yeah. And I, in fact, you can see even more clearly on the other track, here. Yeah, definitely oh, yeah. check rail. So that is very tight, basically. That's a, that's yes. what we can conclude. Very tight. So so curve yeah. so curve overthrow yeah. is clearly an issue through the tunnel. Um, yeah, also through Ride Esplanade Station, which we we yeah. just come out of there as well. So, um, yeah. So, so when I did this, the reason I brought that up, this is another mm. nice picture actually, showing the new. So, this is the thirty nine stock. So thirty eight stock. Yeah. Sorry, thirty eight. Forgive me. Yeah. Um, so this is the older. What, what, what did you these, what did you describe these as? These are called the standard stock. Standard stock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ironically, there there were quite a lot of differences between different batches, so they weren't very standard. Oh really? <laughs> well, I'm exposing my ignorance. I don't know a huge amount about the London Underground because mm. um, well, I've never lived in London, so I've never had to deal with it on 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 the regular. Mm. But yeah, so this yeah. is a 38. Stop. This is the 38, 38 stop. stop. Yeah, as you can see, that looks much more like a modern. modern yeah, much more track. familiar. And I presume things basically the the deep tube stop started essentially emulating this once it. Like it feels yeah. like a lot of the stuff since then has almost emulated that design. Um, very, very much, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, the standard stop, I think, in some ways were almost the sort of last of the sort of old-fashioned looking tube trains, and the 38 stop were pretty much the first of the uh, new sort of more streamlined looking mm. ones. Um, I've scribbled all over your lovely picture. Wait a minute. Let me that's, just... that's fine. That's fine. Uh, uh, let me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, ride ride tunnel. Ride tunnel's not the also not the lowest structure on the line as well. No, there's an there's an overbridge. So that's what there's I was going to talk one about. Yeah, there's an overbridge lower, that's yeah. lower. So when I ran the gauging yeah. as part of this, so I ran I did the analysis as part of the thing which we're about to talk about in one or two slides time. Yes. Yes. And um, because a lot of people were saying. Oh yeah, there's you know that that particular thing. It'll never fit. It'll never fit. So I just thought, well, you know what? That vehicle model exists now because it's running elsewhere in the country. So I'll yeah. have a look. Um, and indeed, the tunnel wasn't a problem. Mm. The problem was a couple of overbridges. So overbridges yeah. for anyone who's not sure of the nomenclature, um, an overbridge is a, a structure that goes over the railway, um, just yeah. like an underbridge is a, is a structure that allows something to go under the railway. Um, so yeah, there are a couple of short overbridges that caused a problem, I think. Yeah, and, and... there's, there's a, a, a story related to uh, overbridges is that um, 
about a year after they'd done this test with a bit of wood, um, they got their first Class O3 on the island. Um, uh-huh. The, the O3s, people might know, had did have their roofs cut down a bit on the island, but uh, they didn't. They didn't arrive with cut down roofs. And when the first one arrived, uh, they they uh, decided to test that through the tunnel. It seems to be a bit secretive. Not many people seem to have known about it. But they it, uh, it set, set off one night northwards uh, through the tunnel, no problem at all. Um, or maybe a bit tight, but it went through the tunnel all, all the way to the end, apparently. Uh, coming back through the tunnel and then uh, almost got stuck under an overbridge. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, about a month later, they uh, cut the cab down. Yeah. <laughs> Gauging in action, I'd imagine yes, that it was. Yeah, yeah it was um, one of those situations where the the, the the driver is sort of just shrinking, down, <laughs> just like shrinking their head down as they approach. Yeah, okay. That just shows. Always, never assume that the thing that you think is worst in gauge. All the all the yeah. track engineers out there who are watching this, of which I'm sure there is one or two, uh, always run the gauge of the whole route. Don't just assume that the thing you think is the worst thing is the worst thing, because there's always some other little creature or uh, you know fiddly bits that's going to cause you a bigger problem. Um, that's I love that. That's such a good story. You can just imagine them, can't you? <laughs> just sheepishly sort of. <laughs> revving the engine to pull this little shunter back out from the... Uh, yeah, they, they had to come back out up through the tunnel and down the other line. <laughs> Brilliant. So this, so this, okay, so the previous, I'll, I'm going to flick back through the, just, just, so this one you can see that they're, they're yeah. running the standard stop through to, to try and check if it fits. Yeah. Um, and so what's going, so this image is just... Uh, uh, we, we've mentioned that the tunnel floor was raised in 67 as well, haven't we? Yeah, yes. briefly, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. The, that was for flooding, which I'm conscious is an, an issue in a few parts of the railway. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, even since then, it has been known to flood pretty much all the way to the roof. So raising yeah. the floor probably didn't make much difference. So, is this, so it's quite a dip. So, so does, when they built this, when the mainline companies funded mm. this extension, did essentially yeah. the line have to... Did it have to almost dip below sea level to get underneath the tunnel? It is the below sea then... level, yes. Ah, so okay. Apparently, the flooding is normally caused not so much, more from the other end, where there's a there's a there's I think it's called Moncton Mead Brook runs near the railway, and that that if that overflows, it sometimes floods the tunnel and the depot. But, but up to the roof? Not usually up to the roof, but uh, it, 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 I think it's I think it's happened twice this century and. It also happened about 100 years ago as well. Good grief. There are, there are photos of, it, of the water almost up to the roof. <laughs> yeah, that's going to become a more common feature, given, given mm. the trajectory of the current uh, of, of sea level and, and the climate. That's a little scary. Yeah, so... Um, but it's a nice picture of showing that actually, apart from the diminutive rolling stock, it's just a, it looks just like a, a slightly bedraggled bit of mainline on the mainland. You know, it's... Mm. Uh, you know, it's a third rail railway. It's two tracks. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So what's the, so this is painted? What livery is this painted in then? This this thirty eight stock uh, in this photo. Yeah, I, I, sent, I mean originally they were in Network South East livery when they arrived, yeah. and, and they look very smart and modern. Um, then um, eventually, um, uh, several years after privatisation, they they were. Put into this vinyl livery with sort of cartoon dinosaurs all over the side, which um, the Isle of Wight has quite an association with dinosaurs, so they, they were kind of cashing in on that. But it did kind of draw attention to the fact that the rolling stock was a bit prehistoric. Yeah, <laughs> not, probably not a good idea. Um, 
eventually they just just went the whole heritage hog and this is um original london transport livery plus a yellow end oh yeah okay which i'm in two minds about interestingly being in a heritage livery they seem to get away with not having contrasting doors oh yeah okay that's an interesting one yeah yeah i thought they must be pretty much the only stock on the national network in daily service that doesn't have contrasting doors i'd have thought yeah so yeah, it's, a, it's an it's an interesting image, and, and it's um, I just it is strange seeing such. I mean, nineteen thirty-eight, I presume, was the year that that design is originating from. Uh, yeah, say. these were built like, in about 30, 39-40, I think. So they are they they really are eighty years old. Yeah, which is quite something. So yeah. if I flick to the next image, so I ho- hopefully <clears> I've described that suitably. Tell yep. tell me tell me off, podcasters, if if I haven't. Then there's this right. thing. Yes. Now that's that's um, that's um, a CGI image. This, it is. This, yeah. um, we're recording this, I think, on the sixteenth of September. It was exactly twelve years ago, twelve months ago today, that the announcement was made that uh, the island yeah. was getting a big investment in its railway, including a new fleet of trains, and it's the, the Viva Rail Class Four Eight Four. Yeah, and and it's um, exciting. It it's, is. It's it very is. exciting. Um, and it actually absolutely. looks better than this render. I just to point out, the, the render looks a little bit rendery. Actually, the, <laughs> the, the stock has been like the, the, I think the stock is out in this livery. I've seen it. I think it's been bashing around, or it's very close to it. And and certainly the 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 liveried uh, sort of this family of, of the Viva Rails family, mm. they look terrific. I think they look great. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in two minds about uh, about the refurbishment, but I, I don't know. They're, they're a solid bit of stock. And actually, I think it's a good, it's a sensible interim. There's a huge amount more of this stock they can play with. And actually, it's also giving them a sounding bed for new build stock. That, they're, that they, yeah. Viva Rail have plans for new build stock as well, following a lot oh. of the stuff they've learned using this platform. So they've, by not having to develop an item of rolling stock, it's given them a chance to spend a lot of R&D money on the ancillaries and be very clever with some of those, which they can then use on new build stuff. So it's quite interesting. The whole project, mm. the Viva Rail project is interesting. And I was about to say it in the previous slide, and then I delayed it to this one. I'm in two minds about the heritage livery on on the on the 38 stock because the reality is that the Isle of Wight can deserve and should deserve a modern railway system running on it. Yes. And, and really, putting a heritage livery is a bit ah, it's sort of a heritage railway, is it? You know, actually, mm. you want this to be appealing to people to use as their yes. you know to own as their own modern railway system for them to travel around on. Definitely, yeah. It's interesting. Back in the sixties, if you obviously I, I did research my book, people will, um, were not at all nostalgic about their old steam trains. A lot of the islanders wanted the line to be modernised mm. back in the sixties. Of course, they weren't so pleased when they heard that modernisation would mean forty-year-old tube yeah. trains. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. So there's actually so alongside the new rolling stock being introduced, there's mm. there's a, a fair amount of infrastructure work being proposed as well. I think. Yeah, because the obvious thing to say about district line trains is they're not tube trains. No, they're they're subsurface line trains. Subsurface, yeah, mm. so it means they're basically full size trains, um, and they 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 are they've all they've already um, started. I think lowering the track under some of the overbridges, as we've mentioned. Yeah, um, and they're going to be. Relaying the worst sections of track, I believe. Um, not they're not relaying the whole line. Um, they've already sent a tamper over there, and there's a there's a three month closure coming up um, from January through to March. 
which is exactly what happened in 1967. Really? Ah, okay. So it's so it's good. So it's good news, and it sounds like is the is the plan that they're going to run? Are they going to slightly increase speeds, or, or run? Or is it more about infrastructure reliability? Do you think? Yeah. Well, I'm, we, actually, if we move on to the next slide. Uh, yeah, go for it. So just as for anyone who hasn't who isn't, I'll I'll do a bit of an audio description. So yeah, this is as we said, this is a Viva Rail D stock. It's a class four eight four. I think the first D stock that was running, or the, uh, the D train as it's being called by uh, by Viva Rail. It was the 320, I think, the class 320 um, that was running. Uh, no, not 320, 230. 230. The 230, forgive me. Um, but it's a family of stock based on the aluminium-bodied uh, D-stock, uh, which is, because it's built of aluminium, it was in remarkably good condition. Uh, the actual Viva Rail story is fascinating, and at some point we will get Viva Rail on for a rail natter, actually, because I think it, the whole story is absolutely fascinating. Um, and it's looking quite smart here in a mocked-up Ireland line livery, but I think it looks even better. Yes. They've, they've at the front. The front of this render looks a bit flat, but actually it's got a bit yeah. more plastic and looks quite smart. I think it looks quite good um, the, uh, in the, the final built version. Anyway, right next slide. Ah, right, okay. here we are at um, oh, grading. Wow. Ah, okay, We're at yeah. grading. Uh, this photo. Uh, I'm I'm still there on uh, platform two at grading, which you'll notice there's no track. Yeah, uh, yeah. Braiding the uh, network southeast took the track up. Took the track up in uh, late eighties when they uh, singled the line between Braiding and Sandown. Um, the reason I'm there there is you can get to it if you go on this tour of the restored signal box. Ah, okay. They take you over the footbridge. They take you in the signal box, and then they take you round to uh, platform two as well. Um, now what? Now network southeast at the time were running three trains an hour. 20 minute interval service so they didn't need anything to pass at braiding mm. but within a few years that dropped down to two trains an hour uh braiding's the midway point because they couldn't pass at braiding they couldn't run up even half hour service oh. so for the last almost 30 years they've been running uh a 20 40 minute interval service which is rubbish um, frankly which is rubbish yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they pass. They, they either pass at Sandown or they pass on the double track section that runs between Smallbrook and the Esplanade. Um, so for, for for ever since before privatisation, there's been people been talking about putting a loop in at Braiding, and finally that is gonna what happen. they're going to do. So uh, platform two at Braiding will be should be back reinstated. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. This the the P way the, the track's looking in slightly less good condition here. Uh, BR1 base plates and spikes, uh, but you know, it's, it's probably fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure if they re, they, they might well end up digging the lot out and replacing the lot, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I think I think. Pro I mean, they're going to have to adjust the platform heights at probably all the stations. Um, braiding, if you look closely there, braiding is one of the ones where the platform height is not a tube level. You have to. You actually, at the moment, you step down, down and, from the platform yeah, yeah. into the train. Um, some of the other platforms are at probably most of the others are at, are at tube level. Um, okay. But uh, they'll 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 probably all be too low for the new stock. So yeah. Well, hopefully, anyone who's watching, uh, it's probably a bit late now because all the designs will be submitted. I hope you're putting the platform to a compliant position so that that, that we're not locking in inaccessibility. Mm. Uh, hopefully, it'll be it'll mean that after all the work, there'll be a more accessible railway system for everyone. Yeah, uh, they're, to use. they're certainly Im implying that they're going to be doing that. They, they've talked about adjusting platform heights and, and 
and and um, I mean they're going to have wheelchair spaces on the new trains. Mm. So they've certainly talked talked about step free access. I think so. Uh, good, good, long overdue. I noticed there's a card reader. Is the whole system on? Uh, is that a card reader in the? Uh, let me get me let me get me pen out. This here. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's a Could card be. reader. That's well, it's, uh, it, I think I took this photo. I don't know, seven or eight years ago, but... Yeah, crikey, I wonder what it is. It's, it's part of SWR, well, S, no, SWC as they were then, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, card readers, it might be. Right, comments under under the YouTube video, put your comments in, tell us about <laughs> what that is, Richard and I yeah. will yeah. we'll learn and find out why there's a card reader there, uh, expe- exposing my ignorance once again. That, yeah. so, I'm, you... I'm sure if they don't have card readers already, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably be putting them in. Yeah. They're talking about putting in Wi-Fi and all sorts of things. Oh, good. Well, it's just make, turn it, basically turning it into an actual, you know, I say modern yeah. railway, you know, modern a modern railway. railway from, you know, 10, 15 years ago when <laughs> Wi-Fi should have been standard at that point. Um, just as a point of interest, because we're talking about platforms, um, mm. this is a nightmare for me as a, as a track engineer. Let's do a slightly darker colour. This here is um, an absolute nightmare. So this is where you've got the, these stones on the edge of the platform are called coping stones. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you have on all sorts of masonry and brick structures, you've got a coping stone that goes on the top. Well, we call these copers on the platform, and um, we prefer to have in here rather than this square shape. We prefer to have a shape that looks more like this, where you've got the coping stone, and then it kind of cuts in, and then you have that shape, and you have what you have this sort of uh, space here that basically someone, if they fall, if someone falls down here, there's a right. sort of a safe space, kind of this recess under the platform. Um, and uh, not having that is a real pain, but also it makes it really hard for us to adjust the platform to be compliant to position. So you'll see a lot of flush platforms on the southern re- across the southern region, you know, across the former southern region, and they're they're a real pain. <laughs> and they're normally on the inside of the pl- they're all normally on the inside of the curve as well, which is even more problematic because often it, the inside of the curve, the track track kind of slides down the hill a bit, so it often gets close to the platform, and you then want to readjust it anyway. So there's some insight for people who are interested about platform corrections, which is a discipline in and of, of itself. Uh, this is a, a, this is hard. Anyway, there we are. Sorry, I'm just hijacking your history talk there. No, 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 that's that's fine. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's probably what I wanted to say about grading mainly. That they're putting the loop in. They'll be running a half hourly service. They they haven't mentioned anything about um, taking out the loop at Sandown or or, or taking out the double track section further up the line. So uh, interesting. Uh, maybe that because in theory you you could just have a loop of grading and everything else yeah, just yeah, just yeah. a single track but maybe they want to allow for eight running trains to pass or maybe they uh they could have peak plans future, and yeah well it's... maybe they're future proofing it in case they want to run a 20 minute interval in the future COVID notwithstanding, it's COVID it's, it's a good idea to have a little bit of resilience in your railway system yeah and that's uh, as what networks didn't do yes We've, we've, we've. So much of our railway network has uh, has been kind of uh, the opposite of future proof, where we've ra- that word mm. rationalised. We've rationalised it as we did through the basically through the the late seventies, but mostly in the eighties and a lot in in the, in the early nineties. We were still doing it, uh, rationalising, and it, it's fine up until the point where you d- realise that actually passenger numbers are growing and there needs to be more freight as well and then you're stuck because <laughs> you can only build you, if you build if you restrict your infrastructure so that you can only run the timetable at the point where you've decided to restrict your infrastructure you really are stuck so uh, yeah it's a good idea for them not to get rid of those loops um <clears throat> anyway right there we go that was nice ah oh this is interesting so yeah. this this is a so picture is... of the real thing 
Yeah, this is one of the photos that was released recently of the uh, of the uh, 484s under construction, as it were. Mm. Uh, this is this is 001, and by the time if this time this video goes up on YouTube, uh, that that might be on the island. Ooh, that'll supposedly, be good. Supposedly, the first one goes over this month. Ah, really? Okay. Ah, yeah. So this go this goes out on. Well, today, everyone, hello everyone, today is the 23rd of October, except that it isn't, it's the 16th of uh -huh. September. But, yeah. um, so it might well be running, that's exciting. Or it might yeah, well, well it be, won't be in, uh, it won't be in service. Pushing back and, back and forward, seeing if it fits, and generally yeah. doing trials. Yeah. Uh, or it might have just landed and be sat there sort of looking shiny. Yeah, um, yeah, no, the, the, because of changing platform heights and other things. There's uh, a lot the, more to be done. The, yeah. the new and old trains are not going to run side by side, the old ones will struggle on to the end of this year, um, although they are struggling to keep, seem to be struggling. They've only got two working units at the moment, and that's, they need two units to run a service, so if, if one fails, then they will learn to one train an hour, yeah, which, which happens noted. quite a lot. Yeah. 80-year-old um, trains, it's not a good idea yeah. to run 80-year-old trains no. on, for a mainline service. I think, I think the problem is getting spare parts for 80-year-old trains. Mm. Yeah, the redundancy has got to be... Like the part redundancy is pretty. I mean, if you think the part redundancy is pretty bad on a Class ninety one locomotive from the mm. from the late eighties, um, the redundancy on a. I mean, essentially, it's steam era kit. <laughs> so, <laughs> getting hold of it's probably getting hold of some of those electromechanical bits and pieces is probably an absolute nightmare, uh, if po if it's even possible. Uh, yeah, oh, I love this. This is a great image. They're all working hard. Viva the Viva Rail team working hard. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see those running. I think it'll be great. It's mm. a proper railway service. Yeah, with, yeah. Okay, so the train, the, the, the body shells are older, but pretty much everything you see in that image other than the body shell is, is brand new. Mm. And they are, it's, it's a really interesting project. We'll definitely talk more about that in future Rail Matter. Um, yeah, that's great. I love that. You can, see one, you can see one propped up in the background. I mean, some work done to it. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're only ordering um, uh, five units, five two-car units. Uh, which, well, when, when you consider how many uh, vehicles they, they had back in the 60s. Yeah, that's still uh, a, a bit of a poxy number of units. It's a shame. Yeah. That's an, an issue I yeah, an issue I have with, with the massive procurement of rolling stock we've had recently is how many two-car trains we've still been procuring. Mm. Uh, like, the economies of scale of a three-car or a four-car, certainly a three-car compared to a two-car, surely just get the three car and likewise with three car to four car like yeah. there's so many across the north we've had pacers that were two car and we're replacing them with two or three car pacers even and we're replacing them with two car class 195s which is do lally to me like the, the, yeah. these trains are always full and if they're not that's fine just run a slightly bigger train it's much less operationally complicated yeah. than mixing I mean, and on, matching on the isle of Wight, i mean if, if the five units are all well provided four of the five units are working then they, they would have the potential to run four car trains, mm. which is what they once used to do uh, with the 38 stock in the summer months. Well, obviously, a four car train would be double the capacity of yes. what they've got now. Let's Although I think, even, I think even a two car train would be more capacity than what they've got now. These, these supposedly got more capacity, I believe. What's the seating arrangement inside the 38 stock? Is it? Is it? Um, well, it's what you'd expect for a tube train. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's a lot of longitudinal benches. Some is in, in like bays and some is longitudinal. Mm. That's that's how you describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a it's a it's a it's similar to what's on the Bakerloo line now, for example. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it, okay. So the fleet could be. It would be nice if they'd thought about slightly longer trains, but um, 
it is an improvement. It is good. There's, a, there's there is investment. There is a positive yeah. looking future for the railways on the Isle of Wight, which is which is good. Which yeah. Is good. Um, yeah. Okay. The next slide is is where you get to do is is the plug <laughs> plug stuff one. There we are. Yeah, and this is an ideal Christmas gift. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ride Rail, the history yes. of tube trains on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, yeah, this is my book. Um, yeah, it, it originally came out um, last year, a couple of months before the Viva Rail announcement, although I do mention Viva Rail in it because uh, it was becoming fairly obvious yeah. by then that it was going to be Viva Rail. Um, and... Uh, it was reprinted early this year with an update covering the announcement from last autumn, so it is fairly up to date. Yes. But yeah, it goes. It, it begins with the with the beaching era, and uh, mm. that's uh, the whole history but, since then. And there's the, there's a standard stock looking quite smart in its now yeah. southeast livery. Yeah, actually, in its good. in its final years, in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's nice. No, it's been. It's, um, yeah. So everyone, let's let's let's. I'll, I'll put a link in the description so you can go on Amazon and or 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 search it and find your, your mm -hmm. use your favorite ethical book purchasing yeah, sites. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's fun. I tell you what, I'm going to click this button here because we can see each other in larger form. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah. That's Richard. That's been absolutely fascinating. You know what's good is we've that's fifty two minutes, so we've kept it under mm -hmm. the hour, which is remarkable. Uh, because there is always the risk that in these room letters that things escalate wildly. Um, no, that's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, any, yeah, anything else you wanted to, to say? Uh, did we cover all the bits and pieces? I think we, we, we... I think we did, yeah. I mean, you'll know that there's been talk about um, uh, feasibility studies into extensions, but um, it is only money for feasibility studies, so uh, probably yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, the consideration... It's, it's just... Yeah, I think people were talking about, uh, you know, it was part of the big reverse beaching tranche of, yeah. of discussion, which I despise as a thing. Any yeah. frequent rail natter watchers will know that I, I despise the, the use of yeah. beaching generally uh, as a descriptor. But anyway, yeah, no, it's it would be nice if it did reopen, but I think... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the things they're looking at are either reopening to Ventnor, um, which has been looked at a lot over the years, but it's it would cost a huge amount of money, mm. um, mainly getting through Roxall, the village halfway between Shankton and Ventnor, where there used to be a station, because the track bed's been partly built over there. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. A feasibility study in the 90s um, recommended uh, actually building a, a tunnel through Park Roxall, which, yeah, which yeah. would have cost millions of pounds. And, and you know, it wouldn't, I don't, I'm not, I don't think it, it would be nice for the people of Ventnor, but I don't think it would generate a huge amount of money. I, 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 yeah, I think it's the, one of those things where, the, like, for me, as much as I want the railways are public service, and it'd be good to extend it to Ventnor because yeah. Ventnor's a large. Yeah. But in you know, the the key issues are shortages of, uh, of, uh, you know, government attention, local authority capacity, and engineers. Yeah. And there are other priorities, you'd say, for the railways, even just in yeah. the southeast. You'd say there are other priorities for those limited resources of government attention span, local authority capacity, and engineers. So you'd, yeah. you'd focus on some of the other, you know, there are other yeah. projects that you'd look at. Um, and and the, the other extension they're looking at is is um, uh, through to Newport, but that's that effectively is extending the steam railway. It's difficult to see how that could be integrated with, with Island Line in any way. Yeah, from an operational perspective, that yeah. is, it almost requires an additional fleet, doesn't it, to run? Well, I think any extension would require more than just the five units. Um, yeah. But... but 
I mean, at the moment, I guess at the moment, Viva Rail have got plenty of uh, plenty of vehicles yeah. to put an add-on order in. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're charging forward at full capacity. They'd have to definitely ramp up if anyone asked them for more stock. I think they're. they're yeah, um, they're quite busy over at. Uh, well, they're moving. I think they're moving from where they are currently at uh, Long Marston. They're moving over to. Um, where are they moving to? I can't remember. They are moving site though, which is interesting. Um, anyway, right, Richard, that's been brilliant. I've I've enjoyed that. I'll do do my normal before we disappear. I'll do my normal uh, ads. So uh, let's go. Let's let's go. Let's go over uh, here. So. Uh, I've updated my podcast like yeah we're available on multiple podcasting platforms for all those who've listened uh, thanks for listening sorry if this is a this this is not a format designed for audio only and yet we have quite a substantial audio only <laughs> listening so that's it's lovely of you to join us so yeah uh, apple google spotify that one and then this new one that i can't remember that the name of that one either but it's also quite good apparently uh, and it's got a nice color theme so that's nice um and uh also uh, Oh yes, this thing. So Patreon, thanks for everyone who's Patreon support who supports me on Patreon. Um, doing that allows you to choose future episodes, themes, and guests. Uh, you get lots of. I mean, I say exclusive. It's not hugely exciting. You just get sneak peeks of some of the stuff that's coming up, and you get get some interesting chat on the Discord. Uh, you get exclusive benefits on there. Whatever Discord is cool young people know about it. I do not. Uh, and also, you get asked in generally just asked inane questions by me. Um, Go onto the Discord where there's there's some good chat about careers. There's some interesting chat about. Um, there's all sorts of interesting chats going on on there. Uh, it's there are about 200 people now on the on the Rail Natter Discord. I've no idea what it is, but it seems to be constantly busy. So that's nice. Uh, and if you don't fancy doing any of that, but you do want to sort of show a little bit of support, if you enjoyed this, then feel free to drop me a PayPal me a bit, and it'll help me to um, fund a microphone, which I'm going to have arriving fairly soon. Um, yes, yeah, so that's that's my advert bits. Next week, except that it isn't next week, it's in a month and a week, uh, so I need to think about it by then, is episode 33, Would a Fixed Link to Northern Ireland Work? That should be quite an interesting one. Lots of people have been talking about it. Um, Bojo has been, go- as, every now and then he raises it as a way to sort of, uh, you know, suggest that he cares about the Northern Ireland remotely, which he doesn't. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that might be quite interesting. I've had a few suggestions and, in fact, quite a lot of info coming through from various people with some like old plans about what it might actually practically look like. Uh, and so I'm going to investigate those and sort of put my engineering brain on uh, in overdrive and see if any of them would actually physically work or indeed make any sense. So that should be that should be interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've got much much thought on a fixed link to Ireland, but it, given given the Isle of Wight is pretty close and doesn't have a fixed link, um, mm. yeah, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, the Isle of Wight. There were there was talk of a rail tunnel um, hundred years ago, more than hundred years ago. Mm. Um, that didn't come to anything. There is a there is a campaign over there now for a road fixed link, but oh, I'm do not that. sure it's. Oh, oh, no, I'm not sure it's very popular either. It's just no. No. if you're going to do a fixed link to anything, it should be a rail fixed link because we do want to be dissuading people from driving everywhere. Um, anyway, yeah, that's that's by the by, Richard. That's been brilliant. Yeah. I've really enjoyed that. I hope you have. Yeah, um, thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, this, yeah, in, it, thanks everyone for joining. Sorry it wasn't live, but if you've got questions for myself or Richard, um, Richard, let's face it, Richard's the interesting person on this episode. Um, tweet him actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can uh, tweet at RlongUK. Uh, you find Richard on Twitter and ask him any questions. I'm sure he'd be happy to answer. Um, yeah, that's been brilliant. Uh, thank you, Richard. Thank you, listeners and viewers. And we'll see you see you next time. Uh, cheerio. Bye-bye.